What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Man, it feels like it's been a while, even though I still put out a couple podcast episodes last week. I was on vacation, so I wasn't actively recording. So it feels like it's been a while. And I'm back from vacation. Melanie and I went to Antigua in the Caribbean, which was much needed. It actually was an incredible trip because we did a whole lot of nothing. And both of us have been working our asses off and we were able to disconnect. And I think that was like the first real vacation that I've taken since owning Pop, where I did some work, but it was very, very minimal. And I think both of us checked our phones and were like 60% less screen time over the past week. It was so necessary. Like sometimes you just got to disconnect. You, you have to walk away, take a step back, give yourself some time to recover. Uh, so I was very fortunate that we were able to do that and um, didn't have any issues with, uh, you know, there was a lot of flight cancellations. There's a lot of craziness this time of year. And we were very lucky that, that we were able to travel pretty efficiently and um, had an amazing Amazing time. The weather was absolutely perfect. Sunny, 85 degrees, beautiful, clear water. Um, just just a whole, I don't know. It was just an amazing, amazing vibe. Hopefully your holiday season has been going well. If I haven't had a chance to say it, I don't remember if I did on my podcast because I recorded it so long ago, but Merry Christmas if you celebrate. And uh, it's crazy that we are heading into 20. 22. Um, One of the things that I did want to discuss on this episode was the actual strategy that Mel and I used on vacation. I don't want to make a whole topic, uh, this whole episode about that, but I do get asked pretty frequently about my approach on vacation or over like the holidays, things like that. I've done several episodes on that same topic, but I think it's more helpful to just recap very quickly what we did over the past week, very straightforward. Um, I feel completely fine. Like I don't have, I used to, I'm, I'm telling you during my chronic dieting days, I used to go away on vacation and I would either come back feeling more stressed, like thinking I need another vacation after that vacation. Cause I was so stressed and obsessed over food, or it would be the opposite. I would have this complete meltdown and just binge fest and I would come back feeling like I needed to diet my face off to over to overcompensate for everything that happened. So I want to get into the actual approach that we took because both of us feel completely fine. And it's only been a day. We got back late last night and I'm recording this on Sunday. So real quick, as you know, do your part in helping the show grow. I have to mention it because everybody needs a reminder. You can leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That's number one. Number two is you can take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories on Instagram and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And number three is you can just share the episode link to anyone that you think that would that would benefit from this. So really the main topic is first, I'm just going to quickly recap our approach. And then number two, this is the season of change. And not many people actually understand change. One of the things that I think separates pop from most other programs is that we dive in and understand at a very deep level, 
the, the psychological and actual fundamental process of change. Like how does change actually happen? How do humans change their behaviors, change their body, change their mindset? This is something that we deeply understand and we continue to grow and evolve our understanding of behavior change, physical change, mental change. It's something we pride ourselves on. We, we are forever learners in that area. I think that that's the most important thing. So I actually want to get into the details and the specifics of it. Like, how do we actually change? What do we understand about change? And how do we use that to our advantage? But first, I'm going to start with our vacation protocol. Very straightforward. Uh, the first thing to understand is, uh, is you can go in with a certain mindset, like what type of vacation is this going to be? We were away for a full week and we both were like, look, we're just going to enjoy ourselves. If uh, the one thing that I appreciate about, appreciate about our relationship is that if I went in being like, you know what, I'm really just going to eat and drink whatever the fuck I want. And Mel was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stay relatively dialed in. That's totally fine. Like there's never any judgment. So one way or the other, we don't have to be doing the same thing. It just so happened that for this particular vacation, we were like, yeah, you know what? We're just going to enjoy it. Uh, if we feel like drinking, we're going to drink. If we don't, we're not. If we feel like eating, we're going to eat. If we don't, we're not, you know, so this is just kind of one of those things, but I think it does help to understand like, what is this vacation for you beforehand and go in with somewhat of a game plan. Um, at this point in my life, I feel pretty well equipped, which I certainly could not have said 10 years ago, or probably even five years ago or four years ago. Um, so it's definitely a huge step forward for me mentally. Now that doesn't mean that I don't struggle. I still have that little voice in the back of my head that tells me that I'm going to gain a bunch of weight and then I'm going to have to diet and all that stuff. But I've become much more equipped at hearing that voice, acknowledging it, accepting it, and then not acting on it. And I think that that is a skill set that needs to be developed over time where you hear the thoughts, you feel the feelings, you acknowledge them, you validate them, but you don't need to act upon them. And that's really the biggest difference before me is before I would have acted immediately, ripped the Band-Aid off, deprived myself, restricted, and been on this cycle that I was on forever. Now I can hear it, I can accept it, I can acknowledge it, but I don't have to act upon it. So we came into the vacation understanding that we were just going to do our thing, whatever that looked like. And the first thing to note is we started every single morning, woke up, slept in a little bit. We started every single morning that we were there the same way. We woke up, we drank water. That was the first thing that we did. Then we took a walk to get coffee. So took a nice little stroll. The coffee place, the cafe was on the other side of the resort that we were staying in. So it was a nice little walk to start the morning. So water, walk, like water movement. Uh, we would get our coffee, we'd drink our coffee, we'd walk back, and then we'd hang out. And um, typically, we would go to the gym at that point. Now, we were there for a full week and we worked out five times on vacation. I really like working out on vacation. So does Mel. That's very easy for us. It's not like a sacrifice at all, but I can tell you that it wasn't like balls to the wall trying to set the world on fire. It was just, let's get in a, a decent workout. Fortunately, 
the the gym there was was adequate. They had a Smith machine. They had some other machines. They had a cable machine. They had dumbbells up to 50. So it was doable. We were there for about 45 to 50 minutes per session. So that was typically how we started each day. Um, wake up, drink some water. Of course, it helps to have the travel packs of Organifi so you can get your green juice in. Um, that is, again, like when you're just trying to like stack some small wins and keep some normalcy and routine in place, that is helpful. So we have our travel packs of Organifi green juice. We take it with us every time we travel. It, it is so clutch. I'm telling you to be able to have your insurance policy for veggies and then not have to stress and think twice about it. Uh, I think that that is something that everybody should do to keep that normalcy and that routine in place. But obviously, if you don't you know, feel like spending the money on something like greens juice, um, that's totally cool. I think that it is super helpful and it makes you feel better. It's like you're, you're, you know, being able to start the day with some water, with some movement, with getting your servings of veggies in. I find it really helpful. Um, you should already know this by now, but we do have a offer from Organifi for all of the Mind Over Macros listeners. You guys get 20% off everything that they offer. So not just their greens juice, but if you go to Organifi.com slash popfam, you can look at all of their products and you get 20% off your entire order and you can use code popfam at checkout. So for me, it's the green juice. Um, we also use the gold juice, although we did not bring that with us, but being able to stay consistent with the travel packs. I love the little travel packs that like you have your bottle of water. You just rip it open, dump it in, shake it up. And there is your insurance policy. So highly recommend it. It is the best tasting greens in my opinion. And like I said, they have some amazing other products like gold juice, which we use for our wind down routine. Um, and I would just go check them out. Organifi.com slash pop fam. Use code pop fam. Get your 20% off as a late Christmas slash holiday present for yourself or for anybody that you know that actually cares about their health. So go take advantage of that. So that was our, our morning routine. Um, get up, drink some water, take a walk, get our greens in have our coffee, and then get a workout. Um, outside of that, I can tell you, we drank every single day. Did not miss a day. And we drank significantly. Um, it's, it's not really standard for us, but for this particular trip, like it was very relaxing. The weather was perfect. The, the pool was amazing. The beach was amazing. And there was just like this whole vibe. And I we had some tropical drinks. We had some frozen drinks. We had some normal, just like Prosecco or uh, Tito's and Club which is usually my go-to, uh, but we, we probably had about five drinks per day, uh, somewhere around there. We would have a drink with dinner pretty much every night. So it wasn't like we were super dialed in. However, on the, on the food side of things, we keep it very simple. On two of the days, we only had two meals. Every other day, it was three meals. And that was really it. It was like hit the breakfast buffet and we would stock up on a decent sized breakfast. But, but even having said that, Typically, we'd get like an egg white omelet, and then I would get like either a bagel and cream cheese or some potatoes and fruit and French toast. Like we breakfast, we would do our thing. Lunch was usually just a salad with grilled chicken. And because, you know, typically when you're on vacation, you have to order extra protein because they usually slight, you know, they're a little bit uh, lacking on the protein. So we would typically order some extra protein. And then dinner, we would do our thing again. Like it, it's not 
super complicated. And that's really it. Like, truthfully, every single day was pretty much that same carbon copy. Getting some movement in, we would would walk around the resort, we'd walk on the beach almost every day. We got our relaxation in, uh, we got our drinking in, three meals per day. We would do our thing on, on breakfast and dinner. Lunch was very light. And that was pretty much it, like making sure that we were drinking enough water. Um, you know, we got five workouts in. I think that sometimes we overcomplicate these things, trying to focus on how do we hit our macros? How do we stay perfect? And that causes more stress. Like the, the goal of vacation is to be present, is to experience the vacation, be with your people, whether it's a, a you know, vacation by yourself with a loved one, with, a, with your family, like take advantage of where you are, who you're with and, and just enjoy it. Like that is why you're there. So I think sometimes we really overthink it. We make it too complicated. Nothing's going to change that much in a week. It's totally fine to enjoy yourself. I think the, the unraveling happens when you put so much pressure on yourself to stay locked in and dialed in. If you're not competing, if you're not trying to step on stage, if you don't have something like, you know, you're really trying to get ready for a photo shoot, whatever it is, if you, if you have something you're working towards and you really need to stay dialed in, it's not that difficult to do. But otherwise, if you're just living life and you're trying to be healthy and fit for life, just fucking enjoy it. It's funny because that was kind of like, we got a few comments here and there where we would like roll up to the, to the you know, pool bar. We'd roll up to the swim up bar. People like, oh, you know, are you guys competitors? Do you compete? Are you, you know, what do you do? And we're like, no, we're just competing for life. Like we're just, and, and then they would see us order like a frozen mango margarita. And we're like, we're, we're just, you know, we, we enjoy the flexibility. We like to, you know, we like to eat, we like to drink. And so of course we're, yes, we, we got in a workout. Like they, people would ask, are you working out while you're here? Yes, we're, we're working out. We enjoy that. Uh, and, and that was usually the thing that was like, oh, you know, we, we used to go to the gym on vacation, but we don't do that anymore. And we just, you know, we like to relax, whatever. And they almost act like it's a burden. Like, I don't view it that way. We, we truly enjoy it and we're not missing out on anything. However, we can still have the flexibility. We can still have our drinks. We can still have our food. It does not have to be that complicated. If you're not competing, if you're just trying to be fit and healthy and live your life, then fucking live it. All right. That's it. That was really it. It was really super simple. Nothing crazy. Some nights we got dessert. Some nights we didn't. Um, actually, I think almost every night we got dessert. Either it was like dessert from wherever we had dinner or we would go and uh, grab some ice cream or something like that. But again, very basic. Both of us feel totally fine. And the nice part about it is you can just ease right back into your routine. So already feeling better, just back in the normal routine of things and, and the swing of things and back to what we typically do. It's not that complicated. All right. So this is a season of change. And I think that right now it's an important time to talk about change and how it actually happens. What do we know about change? What is, what is this understanding that we have and how can we use that to our advantage? I can tell you right now, something that is changing is that January 1st, not only are you going to have all of the new year's resolutions, are you going to have the gyms getting crazy people doing extreme shit, but you are also going to have a price increase for the best coaching program there is on the planet. Hands down, no argument. That is straight fact, verifiable, proven. 
Don't try to argue with me. It is fact. Um, our program, our one-on-one coaching program is going up. Our, our rates are going up. And that's just because of what we provide, the value that we provide, um, the results that we get, the service that we deliver, the work that my team does, my coaches, all the resources that we give. Look, the bottom line is that any financial decision is a decision about value. It's, it's, it's an exchange of value. Every single time you make a purchase, every single time you make a purchase, you are exchanging value. That's it. It's nothing more than that. You buy a house because you value what that provides to you. You buy a car because you value being able to drive from point A to point B. Everything that you buy, you buy a flight because you value getting to the vacation or the destination, right? Everything you purchase, it is an exchange of value. And when you make purchases, you are, you are essentially creating a hierarchy of priorities. You're saying, this is what I value more than this based off of where you allocate your funds. Now, there are certain things that you might find to be really meaningful and valuable for you, like a home, like having a place that you call home that's yours, where your family lives, and it's your place, and you get to do with it as you please. That might be like the top of your hierarchy. So that might, that might be something that you allocate a lot of your money to because you get value back. You, that feeling of security and knowing like this is my home, I get to make it my own, my family lives here, all the things that you value, right? It's just an exchange of value. So you always have this little hierarchy going based off of where you allocate your funds. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to value something like your health. That doesn't mean you have to value something like being more fit um, or achieving your physical goals or changing your relationship with food. You don't have to value those things. But if you do, a great way to verify that your actions and words and thoughts are all in alignment is where you are spending your money because everything that you spend your money on is an exchange of value. So if you are trying to do this on your own, if you are trying to you know, shortcut the process, if you're trying to cut corners and find the cheapest option, you are not by definition valuing the result that you're trying to achieve. You're not valuing either your health, your fitness, your relationship with food, your mindset, um, and that's okay. Again, if you're aware of it, you're okay with that. And it's truly not a priority. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But it is a great way to confirm your belief system, to confirm your priorities. Um, you, can, you can spin it a hundred different ways, but this is fact. Like you, you might not have the money. You might be like, you know what? I can't afford it. But then if you actually look at where you're spending your money, the real solution or the real answer, what might be revealed to you is that you are putting other things on top of your health and your results in your hierarchy of priorities. That might be the case. You might be spending a lot of money on going out to eat or going out to drink or on like, you know, doing your hair or doing your nails or massage, whatever. It doesn't matter you might really feel like those things are more of a priority. If you're spending more money on those things, then by definition, you value them more. There's no way around that because your financial decisions are absolutely 100% an exchange of value. So sometimes looking at it that way, 
it can be very revealing. It can give you a lot of answers that you might not have had before. And sometimes you might be in a position where you have to prioritize certain things above yourself. And then you're like, well, shit, there's nothing left over for me, uh, for my wellness, for my mental health, for my physical health, all of those things might, there might not be anything left over for those things. And that happens. And it's really unfortunate when it happens. Um, but I would take a look and see if that's truly the case, or if that's just a story that you're telling yourself. And I only say that because sometimes people are so afraid of the money conversation. It's like so taboo. It's so, um, I don't know, people are so off, like put off by that, that conversation, but I don't understand why. It's actually very simple. Every financial decision is an exchange of value, even a donation where you're not like, if you donate something to a charity, you value that feeling that you get, or you value the work that the charity is doing. You really value the cause, right? So you're still spending money by getting value back. I value what that organization is doing. I value the feeling of giving back to my community, whatever that may be for you. Okay. It's all an exchange of value. And that's, that's it. Once you start looking through that lens, it should become very clear. So when I say we're increasing our rates, a lot of people hear, oh, that's, that's a higher expense. That means I have to spend more money. What you should be looking at is the value that you get in return. Or you should be thinking, I better act quickly before the rates go up January 1st. That would be the logical conclusion is get your ass signed up before the rates go up. You can literally lock in for $0.00. Or $1, you can literally lock in for $0 or $1 and not have to worry about any rate increase. The only thing you would need to do is you would need to schedule your call before January 1st. So the clock is definitely ticking. But if you don't want to have that you know, conversation with yourself about, oh, shit, I, I missed out on this opportunity because I waited too long, just lock in your rate, set your start date whenever the fuck you want it to, and you're good to go. Um, but again, there's no need to make this more complicated than it, than it needs to be, than it is. It's just the opportunity is here if you want to take advantage of it. If not, you're still getting the value in return. If that's something that you prioritize, that you care about, if you want to look better, if you want to feel better, if you want to improve your relationship with food, if you want to improve your mindset, if you want to get your physical results without ever having to worry about going backwards, if you want sustainability, if you want your forever result, your forever plan, if you value those things, then it really shouldn't matter about a small increase in the rates because it's not more expense. You're still exchanging value. You're still getting all of that in, you know, you're getting that back. So it, it doesn't really matter unless, like I said, unless you really care about taking advantage of the timing, locking it in beforehand which I think makes a lot of sense, but you have to make that decision for yourself. So let's actually talk about change. Let's talk about why so many people will, will hear this message and will absorb this message, but will do nothing about it. Because change, people make change, make a change for two reasons and two reasons only. They either change to move towards or closer to pleasure, or 
they make a change to move away or further from pain. That's it. Those are the two reasons that people make a change. It's because they either want to move closer towards pleasure or they want to move away from pain. 80% of the time, it's to move away from pain, which should tell you something. 80% of the time, eight times out of 10, you will make a change to avoid pain or to get out of pain or to move away from pain 80% of the time. And 20% of the time, you'll make a decision, you'll make a change to move closer to pleasure. That is hardwired into your DNA as a human. That's how we are built. We are built for survival. Therefore, pain, which can feel life-threatening, even if logically we know that it's not, it doesn't matter. Your body processes pain as life-threatening. It's like, I have to move away from this. So when we have that understanding, we know that most people, most of the time, will not make a change until the pain of their current situation exceeds the perceived pain of change. They will not, let me repeat that. Most people, most of the time, will not make a change until the pain of their current situation is greater than the perceived pain of change. So if I know that I'm not comfortable with how I look, if I know that I'm not comfortable with my relationship with food, if I know that I'm just dissatisfied with my health, with my mindset, if, I'm, if I put on a pair of pants and it feels really uncomfortable, and I'm like, this is f- fucking terrible. I hate this shit. I want this gone. I want this feeling gone. You look in the mirror and you're not satisfied and you're like, I really want to look better. I want to feel better. When you're sick and tired of having no energy, of not feeling good internally, of not being happy, of not being confident, when you're sick and tired of the insecurities, Look, I am so sick and tired of this. I need to make a change. When that feeling exceeds the scary feeling and the perceived pain of changing, then you will actually change. And I can speak to this from personal experience. This is what most people do. Most people feel all of those feelings about their current situation, but when they actually think about changing, then the the perceived pain of doing something different, all of a sudden they stay the same because they were not in enough current pain. In that situation, they felt like the pain of change was was greater than the pain of staying the same. This is how the human brain works. This is why most people don't do anything. Most people will hear this message. Most people will listen to my podcast over and over again, different episodes, and they'll resonate with a lot of stuff about my story, about all the years that I spent dieting, about, you know, my, the company, the, you know, pop, the values, everything that we stand for. Uh, A lot of the stuff that I share, the guests, the interviews, uh, the, the sciencey stuff, people love that stuff. When I geek out about 
your metabolism or the, the hormone conversations that we've had on here, the gut health conversations, and people will, will absorb it and love it. And like, this is so fantastic. And then when it's like, man, I really want a lot of those things that he talks about. You'll hear me talk about client stories and people that have overcome 20, 30 years of chronic dieting, of not being able to achieve their goals, of thinking that it was hopeless, that nothing was ever going to work, and then getting there and staying there and feeling that total freedom of never having to go back. and be like, man, I want that. But they will do nothing about it. Most people will hear that and they will do nothing about it because of this fact that your current pain has to be greater than the perceived pain of change in order for you to take that step forward. And that sucks. I think that that's a really shitty thing that exists within our human hardwiring. It sucks. Why should we have to feel so much pain to feel motivated or to have the courage to make a change? It's really unfortunate. I remember when I first moved to this area, the area that I live in now, and I found a local gym. And at that point in time, I was significantly overweight. I had never seriously strength trained before. I had been doing a, a shit ton of cardio. I'd been eating basically nothing. I was on the yo-yo cycle. And I found this place uh, because I was just desperate looking for something. And I walked into this gym. It's a tiny little gym, local, privately owned. And there was like four people in there at the time. And I like peeked in the door and they were all really fit. And I was like, I need to turn around and, and walk out of here because the, the perceived pain of being the odd man out of, of being judged, what I thought they would, would think about me or say about me, all of those things just kept playing in my head. And I'm like, what am I walking into? This is, this is scary. I shouldn't be here. I'm not going to stick with it. All of the thoughts in my head, the only thing that kept me from turning around and walking away was how in, in was the amount of pain that I was in, in that current state. The, that pain that I felt from hating how I looked, from having no confidence, from being on this constant yo-yo cycle, my relationship with food, all of the stuff that I just, the internal pain that I was feeling in that current state was greater than all of those thoughts about being judged and being the odd man out and being the fat one in class and all of that stuff that I was telling myself, that pain was not as, as much as the current pain that I was in. So I, so I kept going. I showed up and I kept going and I kept showing up. And it sucks that we have to get to that point. Now, what's going to happen when the calendar turns 2022? The holidays are going to be over. And a lot of people after the holiday season come to this great realization. They realize that they're in a lot of pain. Now, when I, when I say the word pain, I just mean it can be discomfort. It can actually be physical pain. It can be, you know, real like insecurities. It can be lack of confidence. It can be uh, fear. It can be fear for your health. It can be fear for your relationships. It can be fear for 
your, your kids, like the impact that you're having on them, you know, for somebody who has a really poor relationship with food or body image issues, body dysmorphia, and you're worried about passing that down to your children, that's a significant pain. So it can be any form of pain, discomfort, lack of confidence. You're just not happy with where you currently are. And a lot of people are going to feel that way after you know, the New Year's celebration. There's going to be that high. And then there's going to be that realization of, man, I'm really not happy with where I'm currently at. And what's going to happen after that is a lot of people will take a step because their current pain will be greater than the perceived pain of change. So a lot of people will show up to the gym on January 2nd or 3rd, whatever, after, after New Year's. A lot of people will be in the gym in the month of January. A lot of people will make a change because the perceived pain won't be as great as the current pain. So they'll show up and they'll keep showing up for a, a certain amount of time until they crash and burn. Because here's the, the other part about change. So we know why people change for two reasons, right? It's either because they're moving towards pleasure or they're moving away from pain. Most of the time, it's the latter. We know when they change, it's when the current pain becomes greater than the perceived pain. Now, we have to look at how they change. And this is where everybody fucks up. Most people get this wrong. Most people will approach their change that's about to happen in January, and they will play against two undefeated players. And the two undefeated players that I'm referring to are time and randomness. Now, this is a concept that I learned. It is not my own. This is a concept that I learned from a guy by the name of Nick Peterson. So I do want to give credit Anytime I hear something from somebody else, I want to credit the source as much as possible. So this is something that is also, um, you can just think about this from your own experience. So you don't have to just take my word for it. So the two undefeated players, I'm talking about time and randomness. And, and the reason why they're undefeated is because we know that time is, is a certainty right? Like the future time is, it just does what it does. It's not going to stop. Okay. If time does stop for you, then you have nothing to worry about anyway, because it's over, right? So time is going to happen and randomness is going to happen. That's another certainty, the certainty of randomness. You could just look at everything that we've experienced lately with COVID with, you know, just anything like think about randomness in your life has anything gone exactly as planned with zero randomness ever it's never happened randomness is a certainty did you know that facebook was going to change its name to meta probably not that was kind of random did you know that uh, there was going to be a pothole in the road right like randomness happens did you know that there was going to be um, like a weather change did you know like all of the stuff um a dog getting sick, a kid getting sick, uh, you know, all the stuff that happens, randomness is baked in to our way of life. 
there are two certainties, two undefeated players. And most people are going to try and go against those players and they will lose because time and randomness have never lost. And what do I mean by trying to go against those players? This is where most people will set up their approach to change where two things have to happen. Number one, everything has to go according to plan, right? So that means that there's no randomness. They're trying to defeat randomness by saying, I'm going to make this change and I'm going to set up all of these things with a plan where everything has to go exact, right? Like I'm going to work out five days a week. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to cut out, you know, carbs and sugar. I'm going to eat my veggies and protein. I'm going to walk 10,000 steps per day. I'm going to take my supplements. I'm going to drink my water, right? And they set up this plan where everything has to be exact. And then Typically, what happens is randomness is like, hey, I'm here again because I'm always here. And then at some point when randomness hits them and they can't follow their plan to a T, they go off the rails, they crash and burn, and they never make the change that they actually desire. How many times has that happened to you? I'm sure if you're listening to this, you can relate. You can think about all the times that you maybe did a new year's resolution or just decided to lose some weight. You're like, you know what? I'd like to drop about 10, 20 pounds or whatever it may be for you. And you're like, all right, here we go. I'm going to stay on track. We love that. I'm going to stay on track this time. And your track looks a lot like battling randomness. You're trying to defeat randomness because your track is like this, this whole thing uh, with trying to be perfect. And then life gets in the way, right? We, we love to act surprised when life gets in the way. Oh, I didn't, I didn't expect this thing to happen. No shit. That's life. Life literally is time passing and randomness happening. Those two players are undefeated. Every single person has tried to do this. And then when you inevitably let the randomness happen or, or when it does happen, you fall off your track. You're like, damn it. Here we go again. And you never make the change you want. The second thing that people will do is they will try to defeat time. And the way that they will try to defeat time is by doing things as fast as humanly possible. Now, think about it. If people make a change when their current pain exceeds the perceived change, the perceived pain of change, they don't want to be in that current state for very long. So they're like, I want this change now. And they will try to make the process as short as humanly possible. Again, trying to go against an undefeated player. Time has always won in the history of ever. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to beat time. I'm going to make this happen in a month, in three months, in six months, whatever. They're going to shortcut the process. They're going to try and do it as quickly as possible. And they're also going to do it in a way because they're trying to shortcut the process because they're trying to do it as fast as humanly possible. It enforces the inability to have randomness occur. So once again, going against two undefeated players, if I, if I need to do this really quickly, then I damn sure better be perfect. And neither one of those things will ever happen. 
so they will inevitably lose. And this is the answer to why most people suck at making sustainable change. It's not a character flaw. This is who we are as people. The only way to defeat that is to be aware of it. You have to be aware of it in order to do better. So what would the flip side of that look like? The flip side of that would be, I am going to change my time horizon to work with time. All of a sudden, I'm in no rush. I've got literally forever. Even when your, your current pain is so great that you're like, you know what? I have to get out of this current pain. But you're able to take a step back and be like, if I try to do this too quickly, I'm going to fail again. So you know what? I'm going to change my time preference and I'm actually going to give myself a lot longer to make this change happen. And you know what else I'm going to do? Because I'm giving myself a lot longer, because maybe I'm thinking in terms of years versus months. Maybe I'm just going to give myself, let's even just say two years. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make this change in two years because I want this to be sustainable. And now that I know I have two years to work with, I don't have to be perfect. So I can allow randomness to happen and still do my thing. You know what doesn't throw me off anymore? When life gets in the way, because it always gets in the way, but my time horizon is forever. I don't care about randomness that throws me off, quote unquote, off track. It doesn't phase me anymore because my time horizon is different. My time preference is different. Randomness is going to happen. I'm going to use that to my advantage. The vacation was kind of randomness. We planned it pretty last minute. And guess what? I used it to my advantage. I used it to unwind. I used it to de-stress. I used it to disconnect. And now I feel great going into this next season of change because I'm always trying to change. I'm always trying to get better. But I get to use randomness on my side. I want time on my side. I want randomness on my side. Why would I try to battle two undefeated players? Why not work with them? By the way, this may be the most important message I've ever delivered, and it probably will not get much attention. I'm just being totally honest because I know typically what draws people in. And this philosophical stuff is usually not it. But I'm going to say it because it needs to be said. And if it just helps one person, then that is more than worth it. But if you can play with time on your side and randomness on your side, you can't lose. You literally can't lose. And here's a, a little spoiler alert. How is it that in our coaching program, we get results at a level that nobody else can touch? How is that possible? How is it that the industry standard is less than 5% success rate? The industry standard is less than 5% success rate. How do we operate well over 90% success rate. How is that even possible? It doesn't even make sense. It should not be real. The reason is that we play with time and randomness on our side. When we set up a plan for a client, for an individual, we are not going to rush the process. We are going to change the time horizon. Now, that's 
arguably the most difficult conversation to have is to get somebody to buy in. I, I literally had this today. I had somebody message me. She's like, hey, I saw your program six months, but like, what if I want to do a month or maybe even three months? I was like, great, go find somebody else. If that's your thought process, it's not the right fit. Just straight up. And so sometimes that's the difficult part. We kind of self-select and we weed out people who don't have the proper mindset when it comes to their time horizon or time preference. Here's the reality. Six months is not that long. Typically, it's not enough time for a lot of people to get to where they want to be. But we know in that time, we can do one of two things. We can either get them really far and then they'll extend and we can get them you know, the rest of the way there, or we can get them really far and teach them how to get the rest of the way there on their own. But the key to that is changing their time preference and their time horizon and getting them to buy in to playing with time versus trying to fight against it. And then the second part of that is we establish an understanding and we build randomness into the process. And that's the most beautiful thing. That typically is the most freeing experience for our clients because they've spent so many, so many years and they've spent so much money on programs that give them this feeling of needing to be perfect. And we take that right off the table. And we're like, no, actually, we're going to fail. We're going to have randomness. We're going to have all these things that used to throw you off your game, but we're actually going to build that into the process. So when this stuff happens, it's just business as usual. There's nothing weird about it. Like, yeah, exactly. Of course this happened. We planned for this. Uh, you know, we, we expected randomness to occur. So we don't know what the exact randomness is, but we know that randomness is happening and we build that into the process. So we are playing with time and randomness on our side. And oftentimes our clients are like, man, it's so crazy because normally I would have totally overreacted and over-rotated, but now I'm just like, yeah, it's no big deal. Like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish here. And that's it. That literally those two things explain why the industry standard is less than 5% success rate. And our standard is over 90% success rate. Now, some people, we can't, for whatever reason, get them to buy into those two things, which explains the people who don't succeed. Uh, and that's, that's really it. Like if we, there's certain people where no matter what, they will continue to try to fight against time. And here it is, like that's, that's a reflection of, we just could not get them there. So I still put that on us. It's still our responsibility, um, but there's only so much you can do, right? You, you can't, can't force people to change or to, or to have that mindset, but that's it. Like literally in a nutshell, that is all you need to know. That's why I say this is the most important message I've ever delivered. It's all you need to know about change and what it requires. Like, why do people change? When do they change? And how do they change? You understand those things, or now at least you should. You understand that people will, will change. Um, the why is to move towards pleasure, to move away from pain. Typically the latter. They will do it when their current pain exceeds 
their perceived pain of change. And the how is they will often try to fight against time and randomness, which is why most people can't succeed. That's just the reality of it. Think about it. Think about it from your own perspective. Think about people that you know. Think about family members. Don't just think about this in terms of fitness either. This is life less. This is a life lesson. This is something that I had to learn the hard way. And then being able to study this and being able to understand it conceptually, it was like it all made sense. And I could look back at everything I had done in the past. And it was like a giant light just illuminated all of that stuff. It's like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. And finally, I got to a point where I changed my time preference and I changed my need for perfection because I'm a very, I'm very much a perfectionist. So just because you're, you're going to label yourself a certain way, that doesn't mean that you can't make the change. I made the change, right? I, I still label myself a perfectionist, but guess what? I'm still not at that point where um, I'm going to make the same mistakes. I'm not going to try to battle an undefeated player. I'm not going to go against randomness. I'm not going to go against time. They have never lost in the history of ever. It's not about to happen now. So I hope that makes sense. Um, that's, That's really all it boils down to. And my hope is that more people in the new year will listen to this message and we'll apply it. And again, going back to the value conversation, if that's something that you value, then you will show yourself that you value that by putting your money where your mouth is. And that's it. That will show you your priorities. That will show you what you value. And then hopefully we can get you to a place where you stop trying to fight against time, where you stop trying to to fight against randomness and you actually play with them on your team and your success becomes inevitable at that point. So I know this was, uh, you know, very deep on the philosophical side of things, which oftentimes is not the most exciting or well-received, but I really feel like this was the most important message that I've ever delivered. I would love to know your thoughts. And I'm not just saying that as like a, I have to say it. I actually would love to know your thoughts. So if you've made it this far, first of all, I appreciate you. Second of all, shoot me a message. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. Slide into my DMs for real, like at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Let me know your thoughts about this. Is there anything that doesn't make sense? Did this strike a chord? Did this give you that light bulb moment? What is your takeaway here? What is your action item? Number one action item, you should be booking a call with my team before the first of the year. That would be the smartest decision you can make, but that's your decision to make. But I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. What are your thoughts? What's your takeaway? Was this helpful? Did it make sense? Is there anything that's confusing? Do you want me to clarify anything? Let me know. I would love to hear your feedback. I appreciate you very much for listening, and I will talk to you very soon.